everybody be cool. You be cool. First rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Is this a dream? Unfortunately, no one told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. I hope not. The word they'd be wrong. Come with me if you want to live. I'm Catherine, and today I'm joined by BBFC director David Cook to discuss the classification of The Hunger Games, the first of four films based on the series of three books by Suzanne Collins. Welcome back, David. Thank you very much. So, The Hunger Games films and the books they're based on are very well known now. But looking back to when the first film was submitted to us in 2012... What were your expectations of it in classification terms and how did that play out in real life as the process went forward? Mm. Well, I think what you've just done is very important because, um, as you say, it's all a known uh, quantity now, whereas um, when the first one came in, it wasn't at all. Uh, I mean, maybe some people had read the books, but um, not not everybody. And... um, Initially, my recollection is that um, it was quite a difficult proposition to get your head around. And so the notion of um, getting a a group of tributes, which are basically teenagers between 12 and 18, taken from the different districts of this country, and putting them together in a contest where they have to basically kill each other, and then eventually one will emerge as the victor. Um, you think, oh gosh, that's that's quite a difficult proposition. But as we know, and as comes up, you know, so often in these podcasts, it all depends on how it's done in filmic depiction terms. And you can ha- see something which looks truly um, worrying and um, difficult when you see it written down in print. But uh, it can be done in a very sensitive way, as we've discussed in in other cases. So that was the initial reaction, I think. Goodness me, what are we going to do with this project, this proposition? And so what was the process? Um, I think I remember you and I going to watch the film for advice. It was a pretty complicated process, and I'm not going to pretend that I can remember all of the sort of tiny ins and out but you're you're quite right it started with um an advice viewing which is the kind of thing you would expect really with a a big film like this which is likely to be on a borderline and um i was involved i i think in the first advice viewing and i thought um oh dear it's clear that um the makers are going to want a 12a for, for this and I'm not sure it's going to be possible to give it one as things stand and really um, that's where the advice process comes into its own because it offers the possibility of a dialogue which might enable those two conflicting positions to be reconciled and that's how it turned out in the end um, but it was it was quite a quite a difficult and quite a complicated process. There's another complication, which it's perhaps worth mentioning because people may not be aware of this. At the same time that we were doing our stuff in the UK, my friend Joan Graves in the States was having very similar conversations with the makers of The Hunger Games. 
And that is something which happens from time to time. Now, Joan and I um, don't confer about what the BBFC is doing and compare it against what the MPAA is doing and so on. I mean, we we might talk about it afterwards when we um, meet each other at one of the international conferences. But it does sometimes mean that um, you get to a result where you can't be 100% sure whether it was because of points that the BBFC made or whether it was points that our American colleagues that made that um, produced particular changes. But um, that's another kind of part of the process. So what were the key elements in the films that were particularly tricky for us Mm. in that first film? Was there any standout moments that when you saw them you really thought this does just push beyond the 12A guidelines? Yeah, I mean, again, it was quite intricate and fiddly. Um, But it may be a good idea to think of it in terms of two strands, really. One strand was the visual detail, and a lot of that centred around the scene that occurs quite well into the film, which is called the cornucopia scene. And it's essentially where the games begin and you've had this big build-up and then suddenly you have all these um, teenagers and some of them are very canny and some of them are very unwise and sort of dash for weapons and dash into fights straight away. And quite quickly you started to get um, troublesome visual detail and um, this is not the only thing that was a, an issue, but blood sprays was, um, was a, a serious issue. You know, was it just out of keeping for a 12A film to have blood sprays in, in a scene like that? And I thought it was, and I, I think so did um, colleagues who, who were involved. So that was one strand that needed to be addressed. Um, the other strand was more to do with getting our heads around uh, what kind of film it was and what the proposition was. And this gets very interesting because we did have dialogue with the filmmakers uh, in which the writer got involved as well. And um, I think I did eventually reach a slightly different take on the film. I saw it several times from the one I reached on my, my first viewing. I, you know, at first was a bit confused because there's quite a lot of different things going on and it's not easy to get a, a fix on the film. But the more I got to know the film, the more <clears throat> I agreed with the makers that it was quite a responsible and sensitive and moral film. It was raising issues like... Um, what happens when people have to go into conflict and then later on with the later books and later films into actual rebellion and war. And maybe there are actually better ways of resolving conflicts which don't involve violence. It raises all kinds of questions about reality TV, which is going on all the time. It raises all kinds of um, questions about oppression the nature of the regime. Um, and so there's really quite a rich, um, a rich mixture of things going on. And um, the more I got to know the film and thought about it, the more I concluded that um, it was a film with a real moral compass 
and it had been done sensitively. Um, and I think one way of um, mentioning that is, is to say that there are a number of respects in which the film was toned down from what you see on the page in the books. So those two things were going on in parallel in our heads. You know, the, the, the little details of the depictions and trying to get a fix on what, you know, how to read the film, to put it that way. Absolutely. And then when the film was um, passed out at 12A, we do quite often receive quite a lot of public feedback about mm. 12A films. And I think it is because it is such a broad category. Mm. Um, and as I've said before, the last advisory category up the scale is always going to be the trickiest one yeah. for people to navigate. So what kind of public feedback did we get about The Hunger Games? Well, um, by and large, I think people were satisfied with the result that we'd, we'd got to. We had, what was it, 40-odd letters of complaint, which, um, as a point we've, we've made before in these podcasts, may sound like a significant number, but it's actually um, very small in, in relation to a film which took... What was it over twenty million um, pounds? Yeah, about around about twenty-three. Round about yeah. twenty-three, and of course, a lot of that will be, will have been concentrated into the the first fortnight, as it often is. Um, so, what 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 had actually happened? Well, um, nowadays it's probably misleading to think purely in terms of cuts, um, because it's possible to. Um, do digital manipulation as well and um, um, cover things over in ways that don't involve cuts. But, you know, roughly speaking, um, there were several different lots of interventions and maybe about 20 seconds worth, maybe a bit more in total, was either cut or changed. And um, that had had the effect of removing the the blood sprays and the bits in the cornucopia scene which really seemed out of keeping at 12a as against that um there was never really too much doubt in my mind that this was a film which would have a strong appeal to 12s 13s and 14s i think suzanne collins the writer said at, at some point that she had expressly written the books for people aged 12 Upwards, so that was clearly the original intention, and I can remember being on a tubes uh, train in in London while we were going in the middle of the process, and hearing a, a group of girls in my carriage discussing the prospect of seeing the film. Um, so you know there was no doubt in my mind that it was actually uh, addressed among other groups to that twelve to fourteen group, and if you go for a 15 classification and um, you end up depriving that group of the ability to have access to the film you know that's a big issue that you should should always take into account so I think in the end the process we went through um, did actually achieve some kind of a reconciliation of the different objectives and got to an outcome which most people were happy with. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think the way we've seen the films develop over the past few years, I think they've become a very, very well-known quantity now. And I don't think, looking back, people would 
would think that the first film should have been a 15. It was partly a, a matter of getting rid of a few incongruous details and it was a, partly a matter of, um, well, not just us in the BBFC, but everybody kind of collectively getting used to this proposition and eventually, you know, the... Um, the characters became very well known, didn't they? I mean, Jennifer Lawrence's Katniss became a hugely influential character. This is somebody who is resisting oppression and is um, being put against her will in very difficult situations and is taking her own judgments. She's actually outwitting the people who are running the game some of the time. Um, and... Um, yeah, I mean, we, we understand it all a lot better now. One or two people said that some of the later films um, they thought were too strong for 12A, but I think most people have taken the view which I take, which is that um, the first was the most problematic and that, if, if anything, um, the later ones were less strong in terms of BBFC-type detail. So now it's um, it, it's something that we all... We all know, and uh, the whole thing remains, I think, a very, very interesting, thought-provoking proposition. Well, thank you, David. That was a very interesting podcast. And now, don't forget, you can tell us what you'd like to hear about on the podcast, and you can use our feedback form on the podcast page to do this, or you can email us on podcast at bbfc.co.uk, or you can tweet us at bbfc.co.uk.